Hey everyone, welcome to the Analytics Ariel channel. It's your host, Ariel Herrera, your fellow data scientist that bridges the gap between real estate and technology. And today we have a special returning guest, Matt Hawkins, the landlord of over a hundred plus units and the creator of the Lumberjack Landlord YouTube channel. Today we will discuss 3D printed homes. What are they? How can they shift the real estate industry and tips for how you can be prepared for this new wave that could potentially solve the housing shortage in the United States. All right, let's get started. Hey, Matt, welcome to the Analytics Ariel channel. Super excited to have you here. Super pumped to be here. I'm glad to be back after my long hiatus. Yeah. Thank you for having me back. I'm super pumped to be here. So ready to answer any and all questions. I'm a self-managing landlord, uh, 43 buildings, 124 units now. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we've gotten a little, a little bit bigger over the last uh, year or so, but yeah, I would love to spend some time with you and, and uh, with your viewers and, and share with them what I know about 3D homes. Perfect. And just before we touch on 3D homes, I did just want to call a shout out. Uh, really appreciate all the content you've been putting out there, especially diving into data for uh, fair housing rent um, as of recently, though that was really awesome. So definitely to the audience, check that out. I appreciate that very much. It was tough holding a candle to analytics Ariel. I mean, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard doing something data based. Uh, you know, where it's not just, this is what I'm experiencing in my market, but yeah, yeah I think the numbers are crazy. And I think it's going to really upset the market a lot. We talked about that on my live stream for about two hours on Sunday. Just the fact that a lot of people that aren't on section eight home programs and vouchers, they, they don't have any competition except for other people that aren't on those programs. Yeah. But now that those programs are going to be priced at pretty close to market, you now just introduced a whole new market of competition for that same class of unit. It's going to be challenging for sure. Definitely. That was about 10% increase, right? Year over year. Yeah. So it was a 10% increase. Um, it was a 10% increase year over year. It was 10% last year as well, but most of the local home housing authorities are doing another 10% override, wow. which they have to get uh, approval for, but most of them are getting that approval because they don't have nearly enough units. Um, you know, there are hundreds of, if I had 200 units tomorrow, I could have them rented to section eight. Um, the challenge is, is that currently they pay a little bit less. Um, and so therein lies the challenge is that they pay, you know, right. It, it had been significantly not less. Now it's only a tiny, tiny bit less. Okay. So it makes it much more doable um, because the numbers, the numbers can be lower and you can still, you know, make the, uh, make the money that you need to in order to rent out the unit and actually clear income. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting um, shifts that are occurring. And now jumping into the shifts for 3D printed homes. Uh, one yeah. of the reasons that I found this space interesting over the last two years, I feel like there's been so much technology shifts, including yeah. like, uh, you know, virtual home tours for real estate agents, okay. drones being used by insurance companies. And then what really fascinated me was 3D printed homes because of the idea that it could really help with the housing shortage that we have in the US. Mm -hmm. um, but full disclosure, as I was reading these articles, some of them I was able to digest and some of them went a little bit over my head. <laughs> so if we could just start uh, maybe from a simple definition of what is a 3D printed home and 
maybe we could walk through how you think it could benefit the real estate industry. Yeah, so really a 3D printed home, most of them are made of some sort of a, a cement slurry. Um, and that means that it has different components. Believe it or not, people that don't know, there's all different. So cement isn't just cement. Cement is mixed with a bunch of other things. And so they are. They have different additives that they can bring into that. Um, some companies have a, a proprietary slurry um, and other companies don't. Um, but the core of it is it's really basically the ability to, instead of using a foundation only in the ground and then building sticks on top of it, which is traditionally what's done um, from a residential perspective, it's actually building, typically it's something that's on a slab is usually the, is usually what I've seen so far, but it's typically something that's slab work. Okay. Uh, and then it is basically a head that actually is on some level of a machine or conveyor that allows uh, that cement slurry to go through a mixer into a pump and then literally print it based on the design that was put into the software. Um, There's a number of companies. So I've been researching that for about three years now. I started talking to companies about two years ago um, Mm -hmm. about their technologies um, and then you know, what really is the best fit for their technologies. And so all of these companies by no means are created equal. Okay. Um, And so there's a number of these companies uh, in the U.S., but also outside the U.S. And there's been a number of these projects being done, obviously low income for, uh, you know, continents like Africa, Mm, um, where a lot of people have done work there. But there's also much larger development in uh, in Europe. Um, There's been a number of these companies that have been building stuff in Europe. And really the argument here is, you know, there's kind of three or four companies kind of fighting over what we did at first um, here. And it really depends on what you describe as first being, but yeah, there's a few U.S. companies. I've spoken with all of them. um, And yeah, we can talk machine prices. We can talk models, all that stuff, but it's, it's a very interesting concept. Don't believe what you're seeing online about it costing six or $8,000 for a house because it doesn't cost that. It's nowhere near that. What we're seeing, what we're seeing so far is about, it's a, it's usually about a 20 to 30% or excuse me, 10 to 20% reduction over building a conventional stick build house. Got it. And it's also a lot less labor uh, being used, right? Yep. That's the big thing is it's just much less labor because the cement material to the wood, the um, uh, you still have to have all the same wiring. You still have to have all a lot of the same insulation. Um, a lot of the roofs that are put on are pre-built mm-hmm. roofs or roofs that are built then in place. Uh, we were looking at both options, one which was basically having all the roofs built somewhere off-site and then having them brought in on a on a back of a truck wide load and then having them assembled on top of the house with a crane, mm-hmm. um, as well as potentially building them in place. So okay. we looked at kind of both of those models, but um You've got a lot of really expensive wood shingles and underlayment in those roofs. And so, yeah, the, typically what I've seen is from a completed home, it's 10 to 20% reduction over normal costs, but much faster, much faster. And what does that time to build look like? Usually you can have the uh, the pad and then the building itself done in anywhere from three to four days. It's really fast. Yeah. 
And the reason that it's so fast is because, uh, you know, with one of the companies, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was Icon Technologies. They're based out of Texas. Yeah. They've got uh, what I believe is the coolest machine, you know, for those guys who want to flex with a Lamborghini, I want to flex with a 3D <laughs> printer. Um, I want to flex with a Lamborghini too, but I also want to flex with a 3D printer. Um, and so what's really cool about that 3D printer that Icon makes is it's actually on wheels. Okay. So because it's on wheels, the terrain matters less. Um, the setup time matters much less um, because with pretty much all the other solutions, whether it's uh, SQ4D or mm-hmm. Cyba or any of these other um, Cobod, any of these other organizations or companies, the solutions that they currently have available in the market that I've seen are uh, stationary, i.e. Okay. you set up pillars and then you set up the scaffolding on those pillars and then you and then it's able to set up the track for the head. Um, so it's a combination software, uh, hardware um, mm-hmm. implementation. And how large are these 3D printers that can Big. build homes? Big. Yeah. So the Icon one, I want to say the Icon one is 24 feet across or 28 wow. feet across. Yeah. And with the um, with the Cobod SQ4D, those go those go pretty much as large as you want. What you're actually paying for with that machine is you're paying for the number of sections that you want based on the size house that you want. Um, When I talk to them about, you know, one of the projects that we're uh, endeavoring to do is uh, small single families. So we want to get that instead of people only having the option of a one bedroom, uh, a one bedroom apartment, we want to offer one bedroom homes. Mm. Um, So if we can offer one bedroom homes, it really gives people a starter home and something that they can buy into or rent and then move out of and get to a two bedroom, a three bedroom, a four bedroom, et cetera. Um, The challenge that we had is that a few of the manufacturers said, that's too small for us. That's too small. It's not going to be an efficient use of our equipment and how it works and how it operates. We want we we built it to manage bigger homes. Really? Yep. I just assumed that it would have been like, I don't That's know, like 350 to 600 square feet. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was like. This should be like everyone's wheelhouse. Yeah. The the place that we saw, so Cyber was pretty good with those smaller homes. Um, and Icon, Icon is kind of the perfect fit, but Icon is not, um, Icon diff- took a different track. Icon took a track where they didn't want to sell their machines to people like me. Um, They took a track where they decided to contract with the government. So they are, they are building housing for the government. Um, One of the interesting things was, you know, the quickly, the thing that was challenged was most of these printed homes are only one floor. Mm -hmm. Um, So what you're finding now is hybrids. You're finding that they're building the first floor all with printed. And then the second floor is stick build. Oh, wow. Um, so that's now that's now kind of the approach some of these guys are taking, which is we can get this underway very, very fast, get everything put into place that we need to put into place, and then just plop another unit right on top of it. And it's still a single family home, but it's being done with wood on the second floor. But you can build that off site as well and kind of pop that on manufactured if you'd like. Very interesting. And then these it's- homes also have like the same type of plumbing that... Mm-hmm. We have, okay, let's stick yep. Yeah, yeah, all that, that's been the biggest challenge is um, I've worked with a number of towns local to me um, and we want affordable housing, Lumberjack. We have to have it. Yeah, I want to give it to you. Where can I build it? Ah, not there. <laughs> How about, <laughs> nope, not there either. 
What about this spot? Nope. I'm like, you're going to have to pick a spot. Yeah. You got to pick one. <laughs> so the biggest challenge is right now is I feel like there's a lot of people talking out of both sides of their mouth. We want affordable housing. I'm ready to spend the money. I'm not even asking for any government money. Mm -hmm. I don't want any funding whatsoever. I will do it myself. But I still got to have the place to build it. And the biggest problem where I am is that density isn't there. Okay. So, you know, real brief example that I think will help folks from a math side of things. I bought, I was looking to buy a piece of land. It had uh, 10 lots on it. The 10 lots that it had on it were all, were all approved for four bedroom homes. And so I'll ask a silly question. What goes in bedrooms in four bedroom homes? Beds? Kids. Kids, yep. <laughs> kids. And so the issue is, is that you've got parents in one room, you've got three kids in the other rooms. So I said to them, you effectively have 10 homes times three bedrooms. You have 30 kids in that neighborhood. Right. The cost in that town to send those kids to school is $12,000 per child. Wow. I said, so just doing math, and I know that counties and towns are usually against that. You're looking at $360,000 for the annual bill for those kids just going to the school system. Forget about anything else, just the schools. Well, you're nowhere near that for taxes on those homes. Taxes on those homes in my state, which is one of the highest in the country because we don't have an income tax, we don't have a sales tax. Because of that, our property taxes are very high. So the property tax on that brand new build was going to be about $12,000. I said, so you're net negative 24 grand every single yeah. year on all of those homes. I said, I have a solution and I'm not even going to ask you for any money. All you have to do is allow me, instead of building 10 four bedroom homes, mm -hmm. give me better density and let me build uh, 40 one or 31 bedroom homes or yeah 41 bedroom homes which sounds logical based off of what you just walked through <laughs> it's math right yep. i love math we love math and so they said no and i said you are you are opening yourself up to a bill that will never go away yeah because your taxes will never keep up with the cost of the kids in those schools it is going to cost the the best the town could ever hope for is basically a you know quarter million dollar loss every single year mm -hmm. in one neighborhood. I said, I can turn that around. I said, instead, those taxes for that same area that would be $120,000, you'd probably charge me a little bit more. Let's call it 180. That 180 would be 100% net because those yeah. would all be single. They, they would all be one bedroom homes. And would you expect that to be more like... Um people who are 55 and up or was there like a target market that you had for those? The target market was not 55 and up because I think that there's a lot of housing that's targeted at 55 and up. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is that there's not really anything targeted. Why can't we have entry level housing? Right. Why are we so diametrically opposed to this as a society? We have special housing with special rules for 55 and over. Mm -hmm. Now give me special housing with special rules for people that don't have kids. Yeah. I have kids. I love my kids. But at the same time too, we created a pocket for 55 and plus. Mm -hmm. Let's create a pocket for the under 30 or people with no kids. I don't care about the age range. I care only about, we recognize that we can price these at what we price them for because there's not going to be that economic impact 
on it, right. uh, on the on the schools and all on the all the other systems. What we need is little communities like this, where it's people in their twenties, in their thirties, no kids that are pouring money into the community and spending money in the community. Then they're likely to put roots down there, and then they're likely yeah. to be buying their next home there. That was the that was the um, presentation that I gave a couple of uh, board members in a couple of the towns that I do business in. They they seemed underwhelmed. I thought it was well articulated, but they I seemed- believe so too. Do you think it's just more so things taking time of uh, I you see I new think, ideas? Yeah, I think that they don't feel the pain mm-hmm. of not being able to buy a home. I think they don't feel enough yeah. of that pain, and I think for me, I have renters and. My most proud moments are when renters say, yeah, we're buying a house. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's the reason why we don't keep our rents breaking the breaking the barrier on 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 our rents with as far as high volume goes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're reasonable with our rents. We're not always trying chasing after the last dollar. So it's really interesting to me as in going through that process. Yeah, it was kind of shocking to me. It was kind of like, can't build here, can't build here. We love the presentation. Yeah. All re- oh, we want affordable housing. Absolutely. Yeah, but none of those places you can build. Right. <laughs> and you're like, I want to do things that are somewhat closer to downtown because mm-hmm. then it's walkable. Then exactly. you know, people jump on their scooters, their electric bikes. They're even, even heaven forbid, a normal bike, you know, <laughs> or maybe even a skateboard or whatever, but jump on there and, and head down. I mean, there's plenty of 20 and 30 somethings that yeah. still ride skateboards, but make it accessible like that to them. And then that money that they make, they will pour that back into the local community. And mm-hmm. the kids are the biggest stress on a local community. I never realized that actually. So I'm glad you wrote that down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's just crazy to see. So hopefully in, you know, we start getting some, I can't buy the machine until I know I can build somewhere. Right. Um, What I found with most of these guys is it is typically uh, four to six months to get the machine, even after you order it. Wow. And when you order it, it is going to lighten your pocket about on the cheap side, about five to 600 K. Okay. That's pretty hefty. I heard around 400, yeah. but I guess five, 600 yeah. is more accurate. Five, 600, five or 600 is more reasonable. Um, you can get at 400. You're not getting everything you need. Uh, and you also need like replaceable heads. Mm, okay. um, there's a lot that goes with it. Um, there's a lot and a lot of conveyor and chain and, and conveyor pieces you know, around the moving parts, there's stuff, it's construction. There's stuff that's going to break. There's stuff that you're going to need. So yeah, five to 600 was I, what is what I saw for kind of the entry level. Okay. Um, and then if you're going up to like the big boy machines, like some of the big uh, SQ4D machines, um, I don't know about Cobot. I didn't do a ton of work on them. Um, Icon. Now you're talking a seven figure machine. Wow. And six to eight Not months cheap. before you, yeah, and six to eight months before you get them. Yeah. So if you figure that you know the cost of building a typical you know small family home, like just a single floor home, because that's all you're building, mm-hmm. it's going to save you ten percent or so, you know maybe twenty, but on the builder side, it's probably closer to ten. Um, how much are you able to pay for that? Like you're gonna, you better be doing a pretty big development if you're going to pay for right. that machine. Good and volume. In any sort of a time frame, um, you know, what's that return on capital? Right. Going on to that piece that you just mentioned of like how there's going to be maintenance need to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I heard in a podcast was uh, not only like creating 3D printed homes, but having a 3D printed 
printer being normal to have in your house, where if you need to change out a doorknob, instead of going to Home Depot, you like download a file and your doorknob, doorknob is made right there for you. Um, have you heard of this? And do you think this will like actually take uh, like? I think it can. I think it can. Mm -hmm. I think that the challenge that there is right now is the cost of 3D printing is, yeah. believe it or not, too high over what I'm getting my doorknobs for, right? And I think that the thing that scares me too is you can actually take a picture of a key and print it and it works in the doorknob. Uh, okay. That's a little scary to me. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I mean, now you have to worry about your keys being on the bar or your keys being on the mm -hmm. table or something like that. And literally somebody just, you know, taking a snapshot of your, of that and following you home. Yeah. And, you know, they have access anytime they want. It's not going to be breaking and entering. They're going to be able to go in with just a key. Eh, don't love that. So I'm a huge fan of these quick set locks. These are completely 100% digital locks. That's one of the products that's kind of part of our, you know, landlord review series that we do. But love those locks. We use them in every property. We have them on at least two doors, if not three doors, if the property has three exterior doors. Um, but things like that, that's the better technology. I also don't want to be on anything that's not air gapped. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be on a Wi-Fi nest thermostat. I don't want to be on a Wi-Fi door lock. That goes out, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole thing that we found is, you know, like uh, Excel Energy uh, about a week ago with what they did. Um, they basically, everybody that had a Wi-Fi enabled thermostat they actually didn't allow you to go past a certain degree level because they were essentially browning out folks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's all over the internet. Uh, it was something that I caught probably in the first couple hours because that's one of the things that we like making our, our apartments smart apartments, mm -hmm. but because they're hundred year old homes, we have to retrofit them. Right. Um, but I've always, I've been very skeptical of the Wi-Fi idea. Yeah. Um, we'll leave the super, Alexa empowered run home with everything Wi-Fi, nothing air gapped. I think that the, you know, the cyber side of things has become so much more aggressive mm -hmm. that I think that it's going to be something that's very going to be very commonplace. People are going to start, you know, getting into those home private networks and hacking and being able to get into those locks. And so a physical lock got, that's been around since the dawn of time. These, I like them because they're not air, they're air gapped. So you can't get to them through via Wi-Fi. You actually have to show up, touch the pad. Um, and so from that perspective, I like it. And there's really no access points to the pad because it's this pure stainless block. Right. So there's no access point to the pad other than smashing it. And that's not going to get you in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have the same because I originally did an August lock, which was all Wi-Fi. Yep. And then once the power goes out, you know, you can't even like get in. It's like a whole, I have to go through the back door. It's a mess. Yep. Uh, so I completely agree with that. And if you could expand a little bit more as we close out, like what is your landlord series and then how do people find you and learn more about it? Sure. On the Lumberjack Landlord Series. So I'm a self-managing landlord again of, you know, over 100 and, uh, 124 units right now, 43 buildings. So we self-manage um, and we have products that we've deployed in the field. And I, I will spend all the money to find the garbage products just to find that one great product. And then when I find that great product and we've had it in use in the field for a year, two years, et cetera, then we'll talk about it, but not until then I get sponsorship offers all the time. And I'm like, Nope, I haven't used your product and yeah. uh, I'm not taking somebody else's word for it. So 
everything that we recommend, we actually use. Uh, and so I do a landlord series where it just covers, here's the products that we use. And we have specials where it's like, if you want to try and get that higher amount for rent, here's like a thousand dollar package. And we provide all the links to all the products that we use right there in the description of the video. So if you like something, click on the link, you can get it right off of Amazon. And we also have done the shopping to make sure you get the cheapest one. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing, Matt. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ariel.